community of members, coaches, and professionals working as a team of like-minded individuals in constant pursuit. Connecting this exclusive group with the tools and resources they require to live a high-performance lifestyle, conquering what life has thrown at them. We are Living the Fit Life. Welcome to the Living the Fit Life podcast, episode 53. I'm your host, Chad Mueller, and today uh, we're getting after it with Michael Dennington, golf wad founder and owner, PGA pro, pretty fit dude. Uh, it's been uh, a pleasure following you on social. How's it going, man? I'm pretty good, buddy. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Where are you located? Uh, I'm in the UK, so north of the UK. Awesome. Awesome. I think that you might be our first European guest, actually, which is kind of cool. Hey, sounds good, man. Yeah, thanks <laughs> to uh, stretch it out. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think for anybody that uh, isn't familiar with, with Michael or Golfwad, um, we'll definitely connect to the socials, but you are you're sort of bridging the gap between golf and fitness and more specifically sort of functional fitness. And I want to dive into sort of what you think about sort of fitness and, and more specific to sports specific fitness and talk about some uh, golf wad related stuff. And I would actually, I want to start with just like, you know, you're a pretty fit individual. I, I'd love to hear your background on sort of sport and fitness. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I definitely wasn't always that much of a fit dude, uh, quite the opposite in my formative years really. And then it's kind of getting to that 20 mark, uh, somewhere around there and finally got myself into, into fitness much more consistently. Uh, I was training with my brother. I was playing golf at the time as well. Um, I mean, I only took up golf when I was 15, so pretty late to it and quickly transitioned through there. Um, competed a little bit, did this, did that. And along the way, obviously, you could quite clearly see big changes fitness-wise. And then it was clearly correlating to the golf side as well. So obviously from there and feeling better, moving better, playing better golf, like the motivation built pretty quickly. Um, so that kind of really towed it along. And from there out, found CrossFit not too much later. We were kind of in a conventional gym for, gym for a while. And it was okay. just the time CrossFit was kind of really taking off. So you see a couple of things on the, uh, on the internet, watch a couple of videos. Um, we actually used to train in a second floor gym, so we made all kinds of noise in a, in a <laughs> gym that you probably shouldn't do. Um, so I realized it was quite uh, a good time to, to switch over and try CrossFit out and then kind of went from there, to be honest. Um, cool. Pretty good synergy all the way through between that and my game. Um, managed to maintain both. There was kind of ups and downs on both sides, obviously, but uh, that's where we are today. Cool. And when did you, you have your PGA card, correct? Yeah, that's right. So when did you get that? I think I completed my qualifications. It will have been 2015 or 2016. Um, it's been a blur since then. So I'm not actually sure. Okay, cool. And so like, what was the sort of, obviously your fitness journey going and, and, and learning the different types of fitness modalities and, and going to CrossFit? How has that sort of, um, how has that evolved for you? Like obviously basic fitness training and then obviously getting the golf and probably learning more sports specific training. Um, and now I've obviously golf, what is quite a blend of both right. Functional fitness and sort of golf specific training. How does that sort of evolved for you? Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's literally the journey that I've been on. To be honest. 
Um, I mean, that's, that's where I am right now. And it's in part to down to my own uh, progress, um, where I got to physically, what I saw the best results with, how I enjoyed training and what that did for my game. But then also from a, a coaching capacity, um, I've had an incredible data set, basically, um, because I was a full-time golf coach. I was running my own academy. Uh, we've still got the studio now. Um, I don't really do too much in person anymore. But mm. um, in terms of running a golf academy, and then I got the opportunity to coach CrossFit, which at the time was somebody else's uh, facility. Basically, I mean, like I say, it's, it's a massive subset of data in terms of understanding golfers, I, the actual technicalities of the movement, how people learn a skill, basically, uh, because obviously that's one thing I always found that kind of kept me going was, although they're both physically oriented, playing golf is entirely different to fitness, really. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I've always started fitness, you put the work in, the results more or less follow. Some people have it easier than others, but generally mm-hmm. speaking, you put X in, you get pretty mm-hmm. solid return in golf. You have no idea. I mean, that's, and that's obviously the beauty of it. But at the certain same time, when you're putting so much effort into it and your results are varied, you, you kind of need, uh, you need something else there as well. And fitness was that for me. So it was kind of a nice balance between the two. And then, like I said, with the coaching side at this point, I've coached literally thousands of people um, from elite level golfers down to complete beginners who may or may not should be holding a golf club, but I mean, that's, that's another <laughs> big one itself. Um, and then essentially the same on the, the fitness side. I mean, general population, again, from people who have not done very much at all, all the way up to really very fit individuals. So over time, working with that many people, seeing so many different things from a movement, strength side, skill side, but also the psychology side is huge as well. And I think mm. that's when I've really kind of taken on mm-hmm. and again that's, that's played into everything that we do and what i'm trying to achieve um with golf one and, and wider than that as well cool cool and obviously um we have a lot of crossfitters in, uh, in the community listening i'm sure you wouldn't necessarily like i i think it's it's fairly new when we talk about functional fitness versus just crossfit like i think crossfit obviously when people say crossfit it's very much like you know, heavyweights, high intensity workouts, a lot of gymnastics based stuff like do coming from CrossFit and then also looking at the data set that you have in regards to golf, where it's very much like, you know, med ball rotations and cable rotations and all the oblique twist, twists and ab stuff. How did you sort of, what did you sort of, did you just pick things from one world and the other world? Like obviously would a golfer benefit from doing muscle ups or would a golfer benefit from doing handstand walk? Like how did you sort of come up with sort of this, this, I guess, hybrid approach for golfers? I think there's just so many different levels to it. Um, Yeah. The whole golf fitness industry being where everything has to be kind of air quotes, golf specific. um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's a big problem really. I think that's just, like a lot of things in the golf industry, uh, it's, it's definitely changing, but it was a little antiquated. Like everything's a little slow. Everything kind of resembles a golf swing and there's, there's not a lot going on. Um, on the CrossFit side, yeah. I mean, CrossFit itself, as with anything that kind of does well, 
essentially. Um, you're going to have an almost equal number of people who don't buy into it and just kind of go the opposite way. So, again, it's, it's definitely been a case of understanding really what people need and what the actual end result of that is. And I think one thing that is often overlooked is, yes, like people want to do golf fitness, but for 95 plus percent, the people who are golfers probably do at least as much fitness as they do golf anyway. And it's more a case of kind of general preparedness. They need to be fitter. They need to feel better. Whether they specifically rotate and work on sequencing or patterns, may on may not be impactful right? they need to mm. feel better on a day-to-day basis they want to be fitter healthier because i mean you should do in your life right? you should take care of yourself so i think the correlative there is that you go to the golf course you got more energy your body feels better whether you've been training in a specific way or not there's a pretty good chance you're going to go ahead and, and functionally perform better so i think that's that's a big part of it um you don't really need to bring everything into a subset of people and bring it down to too much of a niche like golf fitness is fitness at the end of the day i mean that's that's one of the big things about it um and then yeah when once you kind of get more and more into it um yeah you can add some specifics you can look at basically your your return on investment again more Mm -hmm. and more people running into kind of the lifestyle aspect how much time do you have to train how much time do you have to play golf less and less for, for most people. So mm-hmm. add some intensity, bring in some elements that really kind of motivate people to train. Um, I mean, that's a big part of it. So you want to inspire fitness through and for golf. So, I mean, if you love golf and if you can see a workout that you think is going to improve your game and psychologically, that means that you improve your fitness then that's a win. And if you're improving mm-hmm. your fitness and you want to take it to the next level and you improve your game, and that's a win on the other side. So it's, it's trying to it's trying to work on all fronts to to bring people to that kind of level. I lo- I love that. I love the simplicity of that. I, I think that's super important because I think, yeah, I think it's it's overlooked, right? Like I think when we the amount of you know golf channel and YouTube instructional videos of grabbing a med ball and rotating against the wall is like it's crazy, right? Like I agree. Like I think we both agree that you know golf needs to be disrupted, and it does feel like it's happening, but it's you're right. It happens at a very slow pace. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see that all across golf. I mean, people talk about hoodies on the course. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so many, so many layers to golf and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a few people clinging on. I think that's, that's the deal. Yeah. But I, I, I do like that. I think I, the idea of just doing more fitness, whether it's you just, you know, running twice a week will just better you on the golf course for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think CrossFit or functional fitness obviously has a lot more benefits to it. Obviously just, you know, power cleans and deadlifts and just like, you know, very up and down movements, you know, stability through the ground, obviously have a huge transition in the golf. Um, mm-hmm. no, that's great. That's great. And then I, I, you were touching on it, like, you know, after sort of, you have a foundational set of fitness and you want to take your sort of any sort of game, any, any game to the next level. You've obviously worked with some PGA professionals. I know obviously uh, Scott Solings is probably one of the ones you've worked with most. Um, how do you go about treating a, a sort of a, a pro or an elite level trying to get to the next level? Like, do you approach it the same way or do you just, 
Like, how do you work with that kind of level of, of athlete? Yeah, I think if people, obviously, once you're looking for those incremental gains, mm-hmm. you need to do things differently. I mean, Scott had his had his own training. We kind of learned from each other. We spent some time together. And, I mean, I, I learned a great deal from Scott as well, um, much like what we just talked about there, where really he, he did it for his health and his fitness. He wasn't mm-hmm. specifically looking to do this or do that on the golf course. He needed to feel better. He needed to have more energy and then that translates to the course as well whether you whether you are working specifically or not but in terms of working with people on the elite level is again the psychology plays a big part because if they're already at the elite level i mean that they know what they're doing so they're Mm -hmm. looking for those few point increases across the board whether that is more distance obviously that's where a lot of people are going to now uh, and that's a real synergy between your training and your mechanics um some golfers on that on the elite side probably haven't trained as much as people would think um i mean and there's there's people who can create incredible ball speeds and movement patterns and they maybe haven't done that much training so Again, how do you work with those? It comes down to an individual scenario. Like you've got to get them confident. You got to get them to buy into the goal. And then, then it's a case of, again, understanding what they need to do to perform in the near future, longer term, and then really planning it out and, and working together on that. Cool. Cool. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. And it is, it is always impressive seeing, like, we don't have like, when you're watching the professionals, like they're not the most, uh, like aesthetically, they, they don't look like they're always the fittest people in the world, right? Like they just somehow do enough to be able to imp- improve their game. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, I think people overlook how difficult kind of tour life is for golfers and difficult uh-huh. relative to their own scenario. But you're traveling all week. You don't know where you're staying. You don't know necessarily where you're going to eat. Like you got to figure out the gym, then you got obligations to be here, there, and everywhere. I think they can definitely improve performance, which I think you're seeing now on the tour, week in, week week out. Everybody's training to some degree, but in terms of body composition and really taking it to the next level, I think again it comes down to that return on your time. I think yes, they know they need to do enough, but typically they're probably going to go to the putting green and make sure they hold the five foot. Um, and the other side, it just comes down to what gets the ball in the hole at a certain point. How, I guess a personal question for you, like how have you found your fitness level increase and how have you found it translate to your golf game? I know obviously you, you share this story a lot on your social, but like for you, how, how have you found that transition for you? Yeah, it's been, pretty cool really i mean it's inspired me to to do all of this and obviously seeing other people do the same thing now and and make huge improvements is massive and i mean like for you what what is it is it is it just the amount of strength that you've gained that's really translated to golf or is it just like you said before like it's the psychology side of it it's sort of being more uh, creating more stronger speeds in a rotation or is it just Across the board, like all things are just like up level. Yeah, across the board, I would say. I think you touched on the kind of gymnastic side earlier on, and that's one of the things that 
you won't find in the golf world side, really. And I've, mm -hmm. I've minimized that myself now, the kind of high rep ranges where you are. If you are doing that often and your body's in a good place for that, then I don't see too much issue. But in terms of high rep ranges, really working through the joint, I think I've slowed down on that personally. Um, okay. Do you need that level of fatigue? Do you need that level of stress on there? You can certainly tolerate it, but it's going to take some maintenance. So, yeah, I think it's, it's just always evolving. It's understanding where your body wants to be. Um, and I mean, for me, I've got to train, man. Uh, that's, that's my deal at this point. Um, I mean, my time is, is crazy enough as it is. Uh, the, the amount of things that are going on with the golf side, the fitness, the business. Um, if I don't train, then yeah, I'm, I can be a little difficult to be around. So <laughs> it's necessary, man. I mean, and I love to train. Well, that's, that's the end of it, really. I mean, I've been doing this for, for quite a long time now. I love getting in the gym. It's, it's incredible for me. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to think about really that that's why I've managed to, to turn into the business, the, the platform that we have. Um, so in terms of motivation and why I train, I mean, it's what I do now. There's, there's no turning back, which is good because right. uh, I, I don't intend to turn back. Good, good, good. And do you do like, so you do the golf odd programming as it's released too? So I'm always a little bit ahead because I'm, okay. I'm, kind of, I'm trying to test. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at different workouts, different rep schemes. And yeah, I mean, I probably put myself through a little bit more than just the, the daily golf wad as it was. Um, again, looking at the time aspect, different levels, what people need and kind of training, training age and things like that as well. So cool. Cool. And so, we have a lot of golfers in the community and I'm, I'm an avid golfer too, fairly new to the golf world. Um, how do you sort of, I guess right now we're May, so this will be released in the next, so let's call this early golf season for even for Canada. When do you start approaching sort of, uh, do you have sort of a off season in season when you look at the golf season for you, especially from a fitness perspective? Like, are you preparing? Like, how are you breaking that down uh, throughout the year? Yeah, I think, I think the old kind of adage of training the off season, do nothing in the summer. Um, it's not completely wrong. Um, there is some elements to it, and I think that's something that I definitely look to work into our athlete programming over the winter. When you're not playing as much, that's when you can change your physiology. Um, so that'll be a little bit more in terms of real strength change where you are looking to obviously break down muscle tissue, change things up and your body's potentially going to feel a little bit different if that's your goal. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't do any strength through the season, really. So, I mean, uh, to encapsulate it all, I mean, yeah, you, you do your off-season strength work towards the end of the year, maybe early in the year as well. Then you start tapering off from there into more of a power cycle and the thing is the strength not only obviously strengthens the body but it gives you your percentages to work off so you've got a nice spectrum to to go into so things like your deadlifts your squats you can understand what level we're on so in terms of that yeah you're going to look at strength um coming out of the early part of the year when you're not playing too much golf we're going to taper it down then to more power training. So still low reps, but slightly bring the weight down. We really move pretty heavy weights quickly, as well as keeping in 
the rotation, all the sequencing aspects, everything that you need to to move well. And obviously along the way, you, you, you need to be putting your body through a good dynamic range of motion. You need to be looking after yourself. It comes down to levels, really. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once you kind of work through that strength and power phase early in the year, um, we're going to come out early pre-season, oh, sorry, into the season. That's when you're going to start looking more at speed. So you take that weight down a little bit further. Um, you're still going to be doing the, the compound lifts. It's just going to be a different load, different stimulus to the body, different output. Then you take it to the cars. You look at how the body's moving. You look at how you're performing. And then, like I said, you kind of build on that. But you can't just go speed all season. Mm-hmm. You may be good, but in terms of durability, longevity, have a mid-season strength cycle in there as well. Nothing that is too far um, extreme for most guys, unless they really want to do that, which obviously is, is really on them. But look at bringing some strength back in, make sure you got that nice baseline, and then taper back the same way, look at power, look at speed. Mm-hmm. You can be really granular if you want to be with certain athletes. Obviously, they know they schedule. Um, someone like McElroy or something like that, they want to be at their fastest. They want to be at freest a week like this, a major week. Um yeah. But you can look at how to work your cycles, work your percentages, and, and keep the body moving in the best way possible. Right on, right on. Yeah, you mentioned dynamic range of motion. I, I do want to ask you uh, about mobility. Um, I think it's always curious to me, like every sport, it's very often where a lot of people are stretching and warming up before they sort of play a sport. But for some reason, golf doesn't, it's almost like, weird if you see a bunch of golf like if you saw a golfer stretching or or getting sort of warmed up in a proper way i always find it weird like why do you think that it's not a thing when it comes to golf knowing that like such a like explosive movement can set back like i mean it could kill your golf season right i absolutely agree and i think one big part of that is when just to kind of take that point and look in a different way is when golfers talk about lifting weights and injury risk it's like the golf swing pretty much could be the number one injury risk of almost anything. (laughs) Think about how the body's turning. You think about some of the positions that I've seen people get into. Yeah. You're going to hurt yourself at some point. So you kind of need some resilience. Uh, In terms of the warm up, again, it's, it's just what golfers do. I guess (laughs) I don't have a good answer. I mean, I guess it's, it's the same kind of, same kind of mindset of where you go to a certain place, you turn up in a certain attire, and they're going to look at you a pretty funny, pretty different way. Uh-huh. Um, Is it something thing. we should change, though? Is it something that we should work on trying to change? So it's, it's Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's something that we work into our programming. Um, in five minutes, increase your heart rate, work the body through a few functional ranges of motion, get a bit of rotation in there five minutes could drastically improve your round and obviously reduce a lot of the factors that so many people go through in terms of, like I said, the, the first few holes, when your back's tight, your lower back, you can't mm-hmm. quite bend down to put the tee in the ground. It's like, should you be hitting the ball right now? Um, but I mean, I've, I've pretty much seen it all over time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just getting that buy-in and it's getting that a few people to do it more consistently to then be the catalyst to show people that, yeah, you should be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, I like that. I got one more question for you in regards to golf. So like say someone is, uh, 
they're at their CrossFit gym, they're doing their CrossFit programming, you know, uh, but they're an avid golfer. How would you sprinkle in or get someone started on sort of a looking at golf wad or transitioning into golf wad? Would you suggest sort of, you know, two or three times a week, kind of getting in some more rotational sort of functional fitness from the golf wad program? Um, how would you sort of get that person started or, or introduce yeah. them into it? Perfect. I mean, you pretty much got it there. I think they like said two, three times a week. If you can just, it's the rotational aspect and the sequencing aspect, understanding mm. how it works between the feet, how you use the ground. And those are the really transferable patterns. And I think if, if you're really looking to improve your game and you're already doing CrossFit, yeah, we've got different little programs that are very low in terms of volume. Now, especially if you're already doing CrossFit, it would not be be like another 20, 30 minutes to, to tag it onto a session and just make it that little bit more applicable, a little bit more functional. Um, and yeah, it's, it's priming the body. And obviously, different programming, different days. Um, if you're overly fatigued, your output might not be ideal. So I mean, if you have the opportunity to do it potentially beforehand, if it's a long, more endurance-based workout, look at doing it first. But some decent um, kind of application after strength training. Obviously, you got the neurological side fired up, the body's, the musculature's activated. So if you can then take it through those dynamic patterns and really sequence well, move with intent and, and dial it up, it could potentially be the best time to actually get it done. So working around CrossFit is definitely something that I would look to do. Um, it's relative to everybody's situation in terms of their gym and space and, and an awful lot of other things. I've had a, not everyone can slam a med ball against the wall. I've had a few people obviously uh, come back at that and, you know, some people not too happy uh, that they were doing it, but it's all good. So, I mean, yeah, add something in, see the effect on your game, start to understand movement patterns a little bit more specifically and then continue to build the skill set. That's where I'd always go to. Nice. Nice. No, that's a great way to end it. Thank you. I think that's important because I think we have a lot of listeners that are sort of curious on how to in, improve their game. Um, but they have sort of a foundational set of fitness and I, I don't know if they want to rock the boat or not, but I think a good way of kind of introducing it is just kind of taking a few steps. So I think golf wads a good, a, a great resource for, for that kind of stuff for sure. And it's easy for a crossfitter transition because it's, it's really much relative mo- movements, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and hopefully, I mean, we're building up our own affiliate side as well. So there might be a few more CrossFit gyms, functional fitness gyms who who offer a little mm-hmm. bit of golf fitness, kind of feel it out and implement a few of these workouts and movements into into their space as well. So that'd be pretty cool to see. Well, thanks, Michael. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Check you next time. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, man.